You're listening to The Only Constant, where we explore how minor change brings lasting hope. On this episode of the podcast, we spoke with Tyler Covington, a student at Florida State University earning his BFA in musical theater. Our conversation focused on Tyler's remarkable pursuit toward what he loves to do. Tyler lived with severe scoliosis for much of his life. Despite that, fitness and athletics remained a steady part of his routine. In sixth grade, Tyler auditioned for musical theater for the first time and immediately knew it was what he wanted to do. However, Tyler explains that his parents held an extremely traditional view of the world, actively opposing Tyler's passion for musical theater and claiming that some things are for boys and some things are for girls. His parents even placed restrictions on who he could see after they found out Tyler was bisexual and associated his sexuality with his involvement in musical theater. When Tyler came to college, he initially studied business at FAMU. Feeling miserable, Tyler decided to take control of his life and live truthfully. He was accepted into FSU's musical theater program and decided to have an operation that would improve his scoliosis. Now, his parents have accepted that Tyler isn't stopping anytime soon and he continues to thrive in his program. Tyler teaches us that we have the capacity to change our lives. Sure, support from loved ones is nice, but ultimately we can take life into our own hands and create the future we want if we really try. Stay open, stay active, and keep listening. Good morning and happy Halloween. Hi! Good morning Hello. and happy Halloween, indeed. Thank you for coming. I appreciate this. Thank you so much for having me, the spookiest of all days. I forgot that it was Halloween. This it, is not coming out on Halloween. No. 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 But it is Halloween at the time of recording. Happy Halloween. I don't know how spooky it's going to be, though. We're going to find out. I know. It's not the spookiest vibe of a season, but, you know, we're trying to push it. We're, we're smiling it. way too much right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like bright. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's start out with your name. And your preferred pronouns. Okay. My name is Tyler Covington, and my pronouns are he, him, his. Cool. And what are your major interests slash major? Because I know you're a senior in college at the moment. I am a senior in college. Gosh, the real world is coming. But um, my main interest is musical theater. That is my major, Um, BFA Musical Theater. And I really love it. Uh, I really love, like, Broadway, film, and television. Those are the things I want to do with my career. Also, like, music as well, but I guess most of that music will probably be from Broadway, hopefully Mm. albums and and such like that. But um, I would love to, like, do a little bit of music as well. Mm. Um, What else am I interested in? I'm really into, like, superheroes. You're such a nerd, too. I I love it. I am a huge nerd. We were talking about Batman before. I'm a huge nerd. I, I love, like... Batman is my favorite superhero um, on the DC side. Black Panther is my favorite on the Marvel side. I love Marvel and DC. Um, I think DC, everything besides live action movies are, are better than Marvel's. That's my personal opinion. Wow. But mm. like, like, like DC animated is incredible. Like they really do a great job with their animated films. Oh, I thought animated you were saying. Movies. DC live action is better. Oh no 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 no! I think Marvel live action is 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 better than pretty much all of DC's live action stuff. But I think like in terms of like comics, video games, animated movies, and TV shows, I think DC takes those. Really? I do because their their animated movies and TV shows are really really good. Plus, they tend to make their animated stuff darker sometimes. Yes, absolutely. With the Batman movies. Oh my gosh! Um, even even like the whole Justice League. There's a movie called Justice League Apocalypse War. Um, wow. It's Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, and it is like I watched it and I was like, 
this is like traumatizing. Like I would not want my like kid like, <laughs> superheroes to watch this. Like all they're all like dying. Oh no! As time goes on, more and more stuff is okay for younger and younger audiences. Like, it's crazy. It's I was watching this and I was like, this is this is an adult film. Like I was like, they're like getting murdered brutally they're like getting like ripped apart like it's a cr- it was crazy watching wow. it and i was like <laughs> my child like my inner child is like scared it was okay <laughs> but like i am like a huge nerd on, in, in terms of superheroes and stuff like that but i also really enjoy like anime um i'm trying to get more into anime um because i always enjoy it when i watch it it's just like i guess like i i seek it out less than i do like superheroes and, and stuff are you like a that. dub or sub guy I am, um, I grew up being a dub person because I didn't really like the subtitles, but over time, subtitles are really cool to me. I really like subtitles. And so sub is much more like, it just makes sense more with the, with the animation. Also, you can like, I like hearing it as the, I like hearing it in the original, original language. language I like hearing it in the original language. It's like, it, it gives better like voice acting, more emotion. Like it's I, sometimes I, there's a disconnect when it's. I agree. I completely and with, agree. With animation, it's easier because you know you're not seeing real people. But did you watch Squid Game? Yeah, I was about I, to say. I watched the first episode of Squid Game with the dub, and it was like it was okay, but it wasn't quite syncing up because the people weren't actually there exactly. doing and it. So then I rewatched it yeah. with the sub, and I was like, this is way better. It's way. I I I saw like clips. I watched it originally in in sub, um, mm. because I especially live action it would be just it's so weird to me when like a movie or i'm watching a real person talk and their mouth is not doing what i'm hearing oh yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like yeah, i'm yeah. hearing like i can see that their mouth is not moving in sync with the english words that i'm hearing so i don't, I don't like that it's like when um you watch like a movie on tv and you know that they're supposed to be cursing but they have like a bad dub over it that's like <laughs> heck instead of like hell or something yeah, yeah. and you were like yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. and they're like frick but they definitely said like can i curse on here yeah okay yeah. they definitely said like they definitely said fuck and so like i was like and so you hear them like do a different thing than their mouth moving and it's so weird so i saw i watched it originally in sub i watched the whole thing in sub and then i saw clips of it in dub and i was like <laughs> yeah. i was like ah ah no no i i prefer sub it was just like it just made more sense it was more emotional it was more like emotionally connected. The dub seemed so like dry. Mm. I was like, I could not watch this whole series like this. It's just not, the dub was not as intense. It wasn't intense enough for, to match the series. No. Um, and I really enjoyed Squid Game. I liked it. Squid Game's really good. I, I, I liked it to, I would, I say I liked, like, what is it? Like nine hours? Each episode's like, yeah, it's about. nine episodes, about an hour. The eight, the eighth episode is like only 30 minutes though. So I guess like yeah. eight and a half hours. Yeah. So I would say I, I enjoyed eight hours of it because the last 30 minutes of the final episode i didn't love it either. i did not love the ending and i was like yeah. oh goodness gracious sir yeah. what you... what is what made you not like it too much i well spoilers. you didn't like the symbolic hair dying of... <laughs> <laughs> the hair dying came out of no i was like bright bright i was like now would have been one thing if he went blonde if he went, you know, a, a light ginger. No, that man went anime red. Like, like, <laughs> hardcore. I wonder I why. I wonder what that was supposed to say. I hope they explain mm-hmm. it in season two. I hope, like... I don't even know if they're making season two. I think they are. They are? I think they are. I think, but I think the writer is like, I want to make a season two, but I, I want to do other things first. He's like, I think I want to make a movie 
first. He's a guy mm. of a movie I'm, I've been wanting to make for a long time. So I think I want to do that mm. before I make a Squid Game season two, mm-hmm. which I understand. Um, and as it's, it's, you know, it's, I the way it left off though, like Squid Game, the way it left <coughs> off, I would, I just wanted so much. Me too. I wanted more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I was like, of course, there's there should be a season two because there's some questions that need to be answered. Um, I just didn't really like that he went. He's going back to the game. I was like, like did you no, not no. learn? He's not going back. He's going. He's purposefully. He was purposely going back to tear it down. Oh, I know that. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But he's going. Like, I just didn't like the fact that he was going back. I was like, hey, yo, man, go visit your daughter. Yeah, go do that. I was first. like, go see your daughter <laughs> first, <laughs> who is in a new country. Yeah. Like yeah. she lives in America now. She grew up in South Korea. She lives in America now. Like go go visit your daughter. Go. You have a lot of money now. Go visit <laughs> your daughter and then come back to this. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I'm just yeah. we. Julie and I are. Uh, she's watching Game of Thrones for the first time. I'm rewatching it right now. I know you love GOT. Oh man, you finally God. got her into it. Oh, she's thank into God. it now. She's and thank God it took her eight like, episodes. Yeah, dude. I mean, okay. In her defense. Season one it's of a, Game of Thrones, it's a slow, is, it's a slow you got to push slow through. Start. You got to push through season one. But it gives you Dude. that much time to get connected with the characters, so then all when of a sudden I, yeah, they start dropping down like flies. I agree, but I didn't see that. I didn't see that until like I really pushed through. Mm. Like I so I tried to watch it one summer, and then I was like, eh, it's not for me. It's too slow. Like this, I expected swords, dragons, off yeah, episode yeah, one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, well, it's a little bit too slow for me, so I don't think I'm into this. That was, try that one summer. A whole year passed, and a new season had come out. I think this, that was probably like season six or season five. Um, that had just come out, and so naturally people were talking about it a lot again. And I was like, wow, like everywhere I go on the internet, I cannot escape Game of Thrones. That was back when, like, I guess BuzzFeed was really popular. Uh, so I was like, I would go on BuzzFeed and like, <laughs> yeah, I'd see like a ton of BuzzFeed quizzes about it and like articles and stuff. And I was like, wow, like everybody loves this everybody show. loves this show. Like yeah. everybody loves the show. Like um, maybe I'll give it another try. The first thing and I liked it because I was like, it's so trendy. Let me push like, through. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I, I no, I totally get that. I don't know why, but like when things are like super duper popular, I have a tendency to be like, uh, I do I'm, the same. I'm thing. good. I'm like, like how I, good can that? Like how? Like I'm like, uh, I'm good. I like know. I didn't watch Squid Game at first. I was like, nah. I'm but good. that's such oh, a my... stupid way to think. Cause it's like <laughs> I know it's stupid. Why, if it's how could it be good if everyone likes it? And I was like, well, there's a reason. <laughs> well, there's a reason everybody likes it. Goofy. I think about that every time I watch it, and I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it is that good. Maybe it is that good. But like I pushed through. Game of Thrones like season one again the next year and I literally got through season one and I was like hooked like I was yeah, like I'm dude, into it after the first episode when I mean at this point it's been out for years when Bran is pushed out the window I was like I have to keep watching <laughs> yeah. that's the first episode yeah. right yeah mm-hmm. but yep. like I was, I was so, I would be so excited by that and like the second episode of season one is like him in bed and like yeah. his mom like crying over him like yeah. you know what i mean like mm. so like not much is happening but like much is happening do you get do you like yeah, what much is happening? do you mm. get what i'm saying so it's or like emotionally there's a lot of emotionally there's a lot of things going on plot wise overarching when i look back at game of thrones and i look back at like that season one versus how like it ended i'm like okay wow a lot. a lot was like set up in that first so season. much so much transition in that first season to like happen and like yeah. uh, all these stories are like these are big circles to come full circle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, good story planning. Good mm-hmm. story plan. Like them being like them telling Arya that she couldn't be a warrior, that she has to be a lady, she could never be a fighter. Like da da da. Which she told her and dad, her she was dad, like, "That's not me. That's not me." And yeah. like her dad is like, 
I get that. He's like, I that's not you. So like, I'll I'll start training you in it, and like, or I'll find someone to start training you. In. Like, um, the dancing then, like, master, the dancing master, and that comes back in season eight. I was like, that is so good, yes, dude. Yes. And then like Sansa being like this lady who is like so determined to be a royal, and so like so like loving that lifestyle and wanting to emulate that and wanting to be that, and then like finding out that it is not all glitz and glam. It is yeah. not all like. You know yeah. what I mean? That rose definitely has yeah. thorns. She found that yeah. out. I was so I love it, but she did become like a oh she became like a a not I guess royal, but like a regal woman, and like she runs Winterfell. Like, so she definitely is doing her her mm-hmm. royal business and thing. Like so, I loved all of it. Um, mm. I really loved Game of Thrones, and I was among I know I'm a part of a minority, but I was among a minority of people that enjoyed season the last eight. Season. Oh, I also enjoyed. Well, well. I don't want to forget the point that I was going to make before, but I also enjoyed the last season. If you're going to keep going, continue. No, no, no. I, I just, I, people were like, I just didn't like how people were like, it's so, it's so poorly written. Oh my God. Like, I, how could you do this to the story? And I was like, okay, then go write your own story. Why don't you try to tie up? Go, go, book? go write your, why don't you that. go write a, like a script that wins multiple, multiple Emmy Awards? Like, <laughs> yeah. please, by all means, when you write something that matches the success of Game of Thrones, I will believe that you know how to do it better. But until then, just just pipe down and try to enjoy the show. Like, come on now. All that, all that, all that. They were like, oh, it's such it's such bad writing. You work in accounting. <laughs> you you are a lawyer. You are I think a lot of that came from the media being like, George R. R. Martin hasn't written the end of the story, so now they're doing it on their on their own. Yeah. So everyone, I think there was a little bias where they were like, "Oh, mm-hmm. this is not going to be as good as what the master could do." Mm-hmm. And it's like the master. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like exactly you but try like, to do it. Like, <laughs> and the reason I brought up Game of Thrones originally was because we were talking about um, the end of Squid Game when he dyes his hair red and everything. Yeah. I was like, "Why don't you go visit your daughter first? Don't go back to the game." In episode nine of season one of Game of Thrones, it's Baylor. That's the episode where mm-hmm. Ned. Yeah. Um, but Varys, you know the 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 spider, yeah. you know, the one who has like all the spies across all the seven kingdoms Absolutely. and all dude, all of them. Yeah. Eunuch. He Absolutely. yes yes. And he's talking to Ned in the dungeon. You know, he was like, "I'm a soldier. I learned like Ned's like, I'm a soldier. I learned how to die a long time ago." And or something like Varys replies, and he's like, "Well." Or and then Ned's like, "Are you gonna help me out of here? Like, are you gonna save me? Whatever." And then Varys is like, "I'm not the hero." Blah blah blah. Yeah. And then he tells him, "He's like, if you had to choose between duty and the ones that you love, what would you do?" And then it was kind of like Ned didn't answer the question. The whole theme of the episode was based around if you had to choose between your job and saving someone that you love. So like, Jon Snow is in Winterfell, or he's in he's at the wall. He yeah. hears that Rob is marching south. He's like, I need to be with him. I gotta go right now. He hears his family's locked up, and it's like he has to make that choice between staying with what he need, what he knows well, is he most important really for the choice. realm. He can't, and he can't really make a choice. He swore to like be there. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? but that's the thing. He could still do just, just like yeah. Ned could. Ned could have right. usurped the throne if he right. wanted. You know what I'm saying? So it was like I think it's so interesting because it kind of comes full circle. Uh, talking about like the difference between duty and saving the ones that you love because in that moment when I saw going back to Squid Game when I saw the main character about to go on the plane he calls the number and it's just like you know he's about to go to America and all that stuff and he's like the guy he's on the phone with is like hey you might as well turn around you don't know what you're doing why don't you just get on that plane it'll be good for you and then he was like 
Right, he's like, I have screw. He was like, he just, he had to make that decision. He was like, how many more people are going to die how if many... I don't do this? And that's why I love that moment yeah. so much because he had to make the choice between his daughter and then hundreds, if not thousands of other right. lives. Yeah. Those games have been going on for years up until that point. It's, like okay, 30 that's years. also what I want to like, that is also what I want explained about Squid Game is like, so the guy who won in 2015 is like the host of the games now. I'm like, how did that come to he's be like? He's the front man. He's the front man. He's the one, you know, running the whole operation, like running the whole operation, quote unquote. So I'm like, I wonder how that came to be. I wonder what happened to the cop. Like, did he really die? Like, I Game of Thrones, honestly, Game of Thrones ruined my trust in like TV shows and writing <laughs> so hardcore because like now I'm, I fully operate on a system of like, if I don't watch that character die, they're not dead. They're not dead. <laughs> no, they're just not Wars. dead in my head. They're just not dead. And I'm like, yeah. no way. No way. And it was like that, like, it was like that in um in Dune. I just finished watching I Dune seen it. last night. I haven't night. seen it yet. Yeah, my so. boyfriend and I finished watching Dune last night. And um, don't first of all, I think you'll like, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to spoil it, but I think you'll like it, Caleb, because it gives, it's like, to me, I don't know if this was, you know, the intention or whatever. But I got heavy Star Wars. Oh, I think it's it. supposed to be that way. I think it really, and I was based like, on a novel. Right? Yes, exactly. So I, that's what Tyler and I were trying to... Tyler's also my boyfriend. Yes, we're both named Tyler. Tyler's great. Um, <laughs> that's right. Um, Tyler, For those Tyler, who are Tyler, listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so my boyfriend Tyler and I were like this. We were watching it and we were like, this is like, wow, I'm getting heavy Star Wars vibes from this. Um and I was like, well, it's based on like a novel. Like, it was, and the novel I know was written in like 1965. And so I was like, I I wonder when like Star Wars was written. I know it was a, mo- a movie in, in 1977, like, but I was yeah. like, I wonder when it was written. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, because however long ago it was written, it might have taken some time to get developed and made it to a movie or whatever. Oh yeah. And so like, I was like, I wonder when Star Wars was written. And then I looked it up, and it was written in the 70s, and that was post doing. And so I was like, wow. Like, wouldn't it be such a crazy idea, like, that, like, I don't, I don't know, like, Star Wars took heavy inspiration from this novel and, like, made a movie before they could become a movie, and well, Star Wars became this giant franchise. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, how crazy funny, would though, that be? What's I mean, funny, he's the guy who got me into Star Wars. Oh, really? What's yeah. funny is that, like, they couldn't, yes, Star Wars was, was definitely inspired <clears throat> by all the other science fiction that came before it. Yeah. But also, you know, it has a lot of Japanese film influences, yeah. and oh yeah, the, the I would say the biggest defining factor of Star Wars besides the spaceships and all that is like the mythology of it. It's just I classic agree. mythology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what I was gonna say is, what's interesting that that point is interesting because it all comes full circle where the way that they made a Dune movie in the eighties. Oh really? Okay. David Lynch directed oh, it, and that. it was a very mm-hmm. cult classic. Um. I've only seen bits and pieces of it, which at that point, it was probably influenced by Star Wars as well. Probably. But what I was going to say is, it's probably, it's crazy how, because Star Wars has become so big, even though it was written after Dune, Mm -hmm. it's influenced the way Dune looks, probably. Absolutely. A a million bajillion Mm -hmm. times over. Oh, for sure. I I I just feel like Star Wars in general has like a huge influence on the way sci-fi looks now in in general. Because sci-fi now looks lived in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, like, yeah. history behind it. And I feel like sci-fi used to be very, like, regal, futuristic. I agree. And now it's, like, at least with Star Wars, Dude, I get there's the so many. It's, like, there's so much, like, nitty-gritty past. I'm that... a big science fiction fan, so I know, like, why that happened. Like, in, you know, have you ever seen Blade Runner? 
No, but I, I know a lot the about The whole it. cyberpunk genre yeah. kind of plays into that, too. Because Star Wars, even though it looked lived in, it was definitely a very, like, uh, like original look. But mm. cyberpunk genre was, like, the one that really made everything look kind of gritty and, yeah. and, mm. and gross. And yeah. Anyway, but that's no. really cool that you said that because it's, like, the two can't exist without the other. <laughs> no, I no, and that's what I and that's what I I read something about that like because people there all the reviews were coming in about dude and people were like, I don't I, to be honest I don't think like if Star Wars had not happened I don't think like Dune probably could have happened either. The like, way the movie looks. the way the blue movie looks right. and the way like you get heavy influence like there there are just so many similarities like there's something like in in Dune that's like the voice where it's like you can like control people with like a certain way of using your voice um and that reminded me heavily of like the force and there's the, literally the jedi mind trick like it was like spice mm. is like a huge thing spice Dune, is, right it's yeah, another huge that's thing like a huge star thing. wars yeah and they're like um they have mm. something called a chris knife that can like they have like, these like cool like battle shields that yeah, like, I love go, those like things. That's they, cool. they like hit like a button and like it was like a full, a full body body. like force field so that cool, came around man. like was came around your body and like you like it would like show if you got like killed. Like it would like glow red if you got killed, and then like, but it like otherwise like a little force field type thing. Um, and apparently like the Chris knife, from what I understood, the Chris knife could like pierce go that, through it. go through it, and that was like Chris knife lightsaber. Like, you know why? Like, these are, these are, what? Because Dune is probably just based off of mythology as well. Every story no, ever it's told like, is just mythology. <laughs> it's like, and there's also like an evil like emperor guy. Yeah. Like yeah, it's all like huge. Oh, dang. It's okay. like stuff like that. Um, and also, I remember the first Star Wars, or not not the first Star Wars, but like the prequel first Star Wars, you know, on the Anakin's planet. Tatooine. Tatooine, thank you so much. Uh, Tatooine, it was like so sandy <laughs> and so like desert, and that's pretty much all of what Dune is. Um, yeah. It was just like, it was a lot, It was there was a lot of... of I'm um, excited to see it. It's a, I enjoyed it. It's a long movie, but it's a good movie, and it moves kind of slowly. It moves so slowly that one at one point we were watching it, Tyler's TV froze on one frame, but the audio kept going. And for like 10 seconds, we were like, is it? Is this, is this just the movie? <laughs> is it frozen or is it just the movie? Is it? No, I think it's frozen. No, I, it's, it look, I think it's just the movie. No, it, it was, and it was definitely frozen. Uh, and we went back and we, and like, it passed the frame that it, fro- it froze at. And the frame that it froze at was like two seconds long. And we were like, oh, okay. Mm. That's so embarrassing that we really thought. I was like, I was like, oh, I was like, okay. This, yeah. I was like, what's so important about this frame? I was like, it looks like a, it looks like a panther. Is it <laughs> not important at all? Like moved and then moved away. <laughs> we have spent the last 21 minutes talking about many stories. Talking about, talking about but, how nerdy I am. Yeah, true. So mm. I guess it is important. Yeah. But. I want to know about your story now okay. because I know you have a freaking remarkable one. Oh, thank you. Dude. Oh, I am not embellishing anything mm. either. I mean, we've talked about it at length when mm. we've had our many, many chill sessions. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, as far as how you got into theater, I know that it was not a very straight and narrow path. No, it wasn't. And it's kind of an embarrassing one. How did I get into theater? Um... So, like, I started doing theater when I was 11 in sixth grade. Uh, that's when I did my first musical. But I got into theater um, in, like, 2009-ish when I was in fifth grade. Um, and Glee had just came out. Mm. And <laughs> it's so embarrassing. But, like, 
Glee, and I grew up. I grew up very like in the church. My dad is a minister, and my mom is like also very Christian. Um, and so I grew up going to church every Sunday, um, and not so most of the time, not you know by choice. Um, <laughs> just because I, I was like, okay, well, I would rather be sleeping, but um, but I did, and so like I grew up going to church, and so every year that we did these like Christmas programs or like. Um, New Year's Day programs or whatever that was about like the youth participating in church and like singing in the choir or, like dance the girls would dance or whatever and I would always look at the girls dancing and I would always be like Ugh, I want to do that like that looks so fun but I would also be singing in the choir and I really enjoyed singing in the choir no pitch no pitch no concept of pitch like just just screaming into the mic fully fully just full on screaming into the mic um and but I always wanted to do that and I but I really enjoyed singing even though I was not good at it. Um That's good though. But I really enjoyed it and I wanted to do the dancing, but like my mom was my mom was very like uh like a, a dancing's for girls type of person. Um which, you know, I ne- I did never necessarily agreed with, but I over time I came to understand that mindset because she's um a bit older. She's from, you know, she's a boomer, so I came to understand why she has that mindset. And so, like, I always wanted to do that. And um, we always would do, like, little church plays that I would really enjoy being in. So I was, like, I always enjoyed being in front of an audience and being in front of a crowd um, and, like, doing something on stage. But I grew up playing sports as well. So, like, I did, like, things I, I guess quote-unquote boys were supposed to do. Um, yeah. Like, I played football, basketball, baseball. I even played. Um, I did martial arts as well, which I loved. I really missed martial arts. I loved martial arts. And... Um, I even played lacrosse, and that wow. one was because I, that was after Teen Wolf came out, <laughs> and I, the, I used to think, the, I used to think the men on Teen Wolf were so <laughs> fine, and I was like, and this, that would like, that would like influence my love for lacrosse, and so I was like, I think I want to play lacrosse, and I really, honestly, it was way different than, I, it was a little different than I thought it was going to be, but I really enjoyed lacrosse, like, I, mm. I really didn't have a great time whenever I played lacrosse. Um, but I played like those sports growing up and so like but like in I was in fifth grade Glee came out in like 2009 and I saw a few episodes of it and I was like that that looks that looks fun I was like I want to I want to do all that I don't don't know who this Rachel Berry girl is but she's talking that talk about you know wanting to be on Broadway and be on stage and singing and dancing I was like, I I feel her. I feel her. <laughs> and so, and also, like, I grew up watching, like, things like High School Musical, who, like, I... We all I, did. We all did. So, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, well, my We're fucking boyfriend, my boyfriend did it. together. And we see that. Uh-huh. That's the only lyrics anybody jam. knows. No, jam. <laughs> Bops. And, then, like, but, like, when you hear them, you're like... I know you're like oh my if I went to a party and it was just high school musical songs I promise you I would have a good time <laughs> I promise you I would I would be lit I would okay, be dancing yeah, that's true I would be, you know what I, I mean too, like man. bops like albums like those al- those albums are like one, multi-million you know what I mean like yeah. incredibly popular albums um, multi-million dollars like so everyone's heard those songs um, and I grew up watching that and I was like Troy Bolton man he's like he's really into these sports but like he also He's in the game, but his heart's in the song. Like I, I feel that. That's so true, though. <laughs> it's a, Damn, no, I, that movie no, did I, a great job of balancing the two. I just no, he that. exactly. So like he played basketball his whole life, and suddenly he wanted to, you know, start doing. He wanted to start performing and singing, and so I was like, I feel that. And so when I I transferred to um not transferred, but I went to I went through elementary school, uh, went through fifth grade, and then I went to a different school, sixth through twelfth grade. 
Um, I went to Trinity Prep, and that that is a six through twelve. Mm. And so in sixth grade, I was at school, and I had already signed up to like try out for the basketball team. But um, my who I didn't know, but would soon become my theater teacher and theater director. Um, she got up on stage and she was like, "We're having auditions for a musical, and it would be great if you guys would come out to see it. And, I mean, to come out to be in it, come out to the auditions, and you know, mm-hmm. participate." And so I was like, "That sounds really fun. That sounds really interesting. Like, I think I want to try out and you do were, that." You were like, "I was literally, I was like, <laughs> putting your hair behind your ear. hair back, girl. I was like, hmm." Musical <laughs> sounds good to me, uh, and so like I auditioned, and I remember I even remember the song. I remember trying so hard to prepare, but like I said, I had no pitch, so like I really did not know how to sing. But like I I sang um, "When Words Fail" from mm. Shrek the Musical. Mm-hmm. That was my very first yeah. audition song. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, and it was. Obviously not like it was not great singing, um, but I got in the musical because I think like at that point in middle school like everyone like gets in the musical, mm-hmm. but you you know yeah um, I so I got in the musical and I was in the ensemble and it was a, it was a tough balance because I also tried out for the basketball team. I was listen you guys in sixth grade I really lived my Troy Bolton fantasy. I was on the basketball team and I was doing the musical and <laughs> I was going back and forth back and forth like I would leave. Rehearsal at four thirty. Rehearsal supposed to go till five thirty. I would leave rehearsal at four thirty to go to basketball practice. Gag. And you're like, sorry, coach. And I was like, sorry, coach. Sorry, coach. Sorry, coach. And he's he's like, yeah, I was singing practice. And I'm and I was like, I'm sorry, coach. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, but that was that was the gag. And they had like my theater teacher had to like they had to like work out a schedule for me to like go and do both. And so like, but that obviously was like way too stressful, way too much. And so like seventh grade, I was like. I think I want to just try like sports for one more year, see if I still enjoy it. So I did football, um, mostly to lose weight. I was a little kind of a little, little chunky kid, and I lost the weight very quickly because mm. um, I guess puberty. But and I guess like activating, I guess like doing this running because it was like a lot of like the first two weeks was like a lot of running. It was like a boot camp, like a football boot camp. Yeah. So it was I guess the, whatever conditioning. Uh, conditioning. Thank you so much. That is, yeah. that is the word. Yeah. Um, I guess whatever I did then like. Boosted whatever. Jump started my testosterone and my metabolism, whatever. <laughs> I lost the weight literally in like two weeks. Wow. Um and then Dude, you're the envy of I know, right? Millions of But it was like but it was like a it was like a fuck millions. ton of it was like a fuck ton of running in the heat. Yeah. And in like football pads. So like sweating. it was it was Ugh. dripping sweat. You know what Ugh. I mean? Like wet. Like you know what I mean? And so like I lost the weight very quickly and then I was sad because I realized that even though I lost the weight and I accomplished what I wanted to do. I still had to participate and be on the team. Right. I was like, oh, yeah, you shit. had to get the shit. Uh, and, yeah, week. I knocked out of me, and I was not going to football. <laughs> I was like too, like, I was like somewhat of an aggressive kid, but like not, definitely not aggressive enough for football. Like, that is a lot. Like, I definitely could have found like other ways to like take out like whatever like aggression I had as a child, but like <laughs> football, I was not aggressive enough. I didn't like to hit people, I didn't like to run into people and like hurt them. So, like, I was, I, obviously, you. You can't play football if you don't like to run into people. It's almost like your body's trying to tell you something. I know, right? I was like, I'm not supposed to be doing this shit. Um, <laughs> and so, and so, like, I I was really sad when I didn't do the fall play 
mm. um, in favor of doing football. And so like I would see the play. This and is I was, like, the, uh, really the middle of your high school. This is the this film. is the middle of my high school musical journey. And um, I was playing football, and I was really sad. And when I went to see the play, and I was like not in it because they looked like they were having so much fun, and I really wanted to be in it, and I really loved being in Once on this Island. That was my first musical. And <gasps> when I it was Once on this Island, right? And so great musical, by the way. Whoa, and yeah. So like I was dancing it. I was and when I did Once on this Island. We slash I slash like my director discovered that like I had some form of like talent in dance. Um, like I had like, you know, like I had a good rhythm and good sense of my body because of sports. So, like I knew what to do with my body and like mm. I could like do the moves and like copy them from like the, the whoever was teaching it. And then I could m- remember them and then I could like do them pretty well. And so like discovered that I had like that a little bit of a, a dance talent in that. And Mm. so she was like, my director was like, hmm, like, I would love for you to come back and, like, do more because you're actually kind of good at, you know, dancing and stuff like that. Like, Mm. the singing could definitely be worked on. But uh, (laughs) the dancing is there. And so, like, and also in sixth grade, we had this thing called, like, fine arts rotation um, where, like, every, like, half of every semester you had, like, four, so, like, two semesters and it would be split into two. But you would go, like, and do, like, a different form of art. And so, like, like you would do theater for however many weeks, and then you would transfer to the music um, class, the art class, and then um, wow, there was there was something else. So it was like pretty much designed to like figure out what you what form of art like each kid wanted to maybe do and partake in. That's and so cool. It was really cool. cool. Um, it was a really cool um, thing to do. That's awesome. And so like. Um, some of us were naturally more like towards music, but I was obviously naturally more towards theater and I had a really good time in the theater class. And even when we had to do like monologues and scenes and stuff, I, my teacher discovered that I also had like an aptitude for acting as well. She was like, you're mm. like a good actor. Like you're and even though you're in sixth grade, you're like, you're doing it. And so like, you should maybe consider like doing this more. Mm-hmm. And so like, I loved hearing that and I loved, you know, hearing about the dancing. And so I was really sad in seventh grade when I was, didn't participate in the play. And so I was like, uh, Can I ask I, you a question? Sure. I have a lot of friends, this one included, who were athletes before they came into theater. Mm-hmm. And I find that I've met a lot of athletes, and I think it's true with a lot of professional actors as well. Like, at some point, many of them were, I think, I don't know, I can't name any names, but a few of them had to be athletes before they got into yeah. theater. And do you think there's a, I'm sure there's been studies done, but in your personal opinion, what do you, like, why do you think, not just, I understand, you know, you can use your body if you're an athlete. So mm-hmm. obviously, why do I think dancing, but why are they, why are athletes drawn to acting? Is it because I sort of maybe would, a hypothesis would be like, sports are so mentally intense that like maybe you can I don't know I, I really don't know I, my them. theory is that it has to do with the inner child yeah my okay. theory is that it definitely has to do with the inner child do you think sports um, activates but that as well I think like I think that both sports I think that a way that sports and theater are similar is that like it is something that like sometimes children do whimsically and have fun doing as children that adults have maybe taken and like made into a, a, serious, a, a profession. serious profession and a serious art form and a serious career yeah so like you know what i mean like kids you know typically play sports and as as kids growing up and then like they sometimes fizzle out of it or sometimes they really continuing and i think that like um as kids we play pretend and i think that like acting in, in essence is playing pretend professionally um which i really love that aspect of it 
And so I think like both of those things that we do as children, um, kind of like we would enjoy as adults as well as mm-hmm. as like you know what I mean like running around playing games in a field is you so know fun. it's fun mm-hmm. it's fun as it's, well, it was fun as a kid the kickball da, 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 all that stuff that's fun as a kid and then like obviously as you grow up it becomes like a more serious thing so people t- sometimes don't like it to be like as serious as it is in high school versus when you're you know a little kid or as serious as like college football is when you person mm-hmm. when you're a little kid it's not as nearly as serious um, and so, like, That's I think I think both of those things are similar in that way. And so, like, when I've known so many, like, people who are athletes in high school um, or are athletes today, and I tell them, I'm like, oh, I do theater. Like, I, I, I sing, I dance, I act. And they're like, mm. um, they're like, oh, that is so cool. Like, I wish I could have done that in high school. I wish I could have done that. I wish I would have done that. Like. And they say that, and I'm like, you definitely could. And I've known, I knew so many like actors, I knew so many athletes in high school who did do like theater. They'll did they'll do it like once in their senior year because they were like, I wanted to do this before I graduated high yeah. school. And they did it, and they're like, oh, you, this is so fun. Like you guys are so fun. Like you guys have so much fun here. And like I really love this. Like I wish I would have done this more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I feel like, and I feel like that is a big part of it. I feel like it's like, I think playing. Because I feel like essentially football is like playing this game in a field with your friends. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you're competing. Um, but I like you strip that down and like we all did that. A lot of us did that as kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think that's like something that inner child, like young kids did that became like a serious mm-hmm. thing. And I think the same about theater. I think that's something that young kids did that became a serious thing. Mm-hmm. I love that point. Too. I've never heard somebody say it that way. I do. like, um, And it's like those are two super innately human things like right i mean art in general but also like you know performance and telling stories to a audience even if it's just you know a tribe telling a story in front of a around a camp like storytelling yeah storytelling in general then sports have also always been storytelling game storytelling and like games and physical activity like absolutely and like theater is very physical as well so like it is um so like i i think like those those three those things are very just like human very mm-hmm. inner child connected something we all did and so you should write a book about that for me <laughs> you said that really well you did <laughs> you, you did yeah, and for me it Thank was like you. i, I never really thought find... about it that way i haven't yeah i didn't think about it because like i think either. like like exploring the inner child and when you yeah and when like because also when you meet like sometimes when you meet like these like huge like let's let's use football for instance like when you sometimes you meet these like huge professional football players they're oftentimes like pretty like goofy silly. guys and yeah, like silly and like are. you know what I mean like Shaq yeah. is like a funny guy he's like he's often so pretty goofy and silly and like you know what I mean mm-hmm. there's also um this guy I think he plays for the Patriot uh, Gronkowski or yeah. Gronk or whatever he's, he's like there's like jokes about him being like yeah like a pretty silly guy he was there's like a whole Family Guy episode about him yeah. he like comes to Cohog and like moves in next to Peter and like throws <laughs> like these crazy parts like there's a whole like. There's a whole episode about him being like a crazy, silly, goofy guy. And I'm like, that to me is like an adult man that is like probably still like having fun as like his inner child. Like he's still he's just doing what he loved to do as a kid and is still doing it as an adult. Like, and I love that. Um, And now he does it with a a ton of a ton of money. Do you Um, think that's (laughs) the I mean, there's many goals with theater, I guess. But Mm -hmm. do you think that 
because this is all this is making me think about like there's so many other professions we made a joke about oh you're in accounting yeah you don't know how to tell a story no particularly write one you know what i mean i think I know telling a story and writing i think writing is so like it's hard yeah. writing is so hard to like tie a whole story and a whole yeah you know what i mean a whole journey together but, yeah. i mean what i i guess what i mean is you know if you're sitting at a desk doing a job it's kind of hard to use your inner child for that particular it's, exactly thing. so do you think that that's the goal of i mean even just but i i would say watching sports brings out the same i, I think playing i think doing the activity is always going to be more engaging for in, your inner child i agree just your sense of uh wonderment and mm-hmm. feeling young no, i totally but agree do you think that that is the point of theater or at least for yourself what's the point of theater is it to bring out the inner child in people or to encourage people to find it or well i think that the point of theater um i think the point of theater is to truthfully it sounds so cliche and it sounds so corny but it is to tell stories and you know what i mean and so so many stories are not so many stories are not silly and whimsical and so many stories are not you know from the inner child so many stories are not for children um but there's still there's still stories that we tell in theater um so i think like a not necessarily to bring out the inner child but to entertain and to tell stories um i think that might be the point of theater some some theater i would think is like more whimsical than others sure. like i think charlie and the chocolate factory is probably a more whimsical yeah. theater yeah. performance than mm-hmm. like the glass menagerie <laughs> like you know what i mean they're raising in the sun or like you know what i mean like oh something, something more like you know what i mean some, some stories are sillier um but like but like i you know it's like stories there are definitely some stories that i think are for the purpose of bringing out the inner child and entertaining the inner child mm. and some of the stories i definitely feel like are for you know tell stories that show them um send a message to like adults and the way society is mm. you know talk about it in that sense in that regard um and i know at some point in your life you had to make a decision for yourself that theater was going to be the thing that you did because i know you discovered yes. it in middle school as yes. we were talking about but you didn't go to college at first for theater no i did not okay yeah um and that also was not by choice when i started doing theater in sixth grade and in middle school my parents and my whole family in general were very confused by it because i only have i don't have another person in my family that does theater that was like a very new thing. Mm, I have wow. one. I have one cousin who did music growing up. She played like six different instruments growing up. So she was very, very incredible at music. But mm. no one in my family does theater. Um, so that was like a very new thing. They were like very confused, shocked, dazed, confused. They were like, "Where did where did that even come from? Like, crazy where did you person. even like hear about <laughs> crazy person? Yeah, where did you even hear about like?" theater and whatnot and it was fully from glee like you know what i mean like glee um do, like watching the performances at the church and like wanting to do what they were doing and like glee i looked so much fun to me i also loved the music i loved the singing i was like i want to do that that looks like they're having a great time mm-hmm. and so i wanted to have like a great time like that and so when i was doing uh theater and when i was starting to do it my family was like that's so weird but they were like i you know it's a they i guess they thought it was a phase whatever they were like okay we'll carry on but like you know do your schoolwork you know do your sports and when i decided not to do sports they were like even more so they were like what the heck like uh uh okie dokie yeah um you know do it i guess do what makes you happy but like 
this theater business, you know, let's not take it too far. Um, (laughs) And me being like, I'm going to absolutely take it too far. (laughs) I'm definitely going to take this too far. Um, And so, like, (laughs) they they were not necessarily the most supportive of it. After, like, uh, after I stopped playing sports, they were like, okay, like, whatever, like, do it, but, you know. And they would they come to all my shows. They come to all my shows because my parents went to all of my, like, sporting events. They came to all my games, and they went to all my brother's games. I have two older brothers that were very, very, very sports people. They went to college for baseball, like, they, you know. Oh, wow. Um, so, like, they were um, very sports people, and my whole family was sports people. So they went to all their games, so they were going to come to all my shows. Um not necessarily every performance. I don't need them. I don't need them come to every performance. Like, please, but the big shows, don't yeah. come to the performance. But you know, like, not, 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 but like, yeah, like come to the shows. Like, come see it like once. You know what I mean? You don't have to come see like every. You know, I'm running in the show for two weeks. You don't have to come see every show in yeah. two weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So like, so like they would have come to all my shows and stuff like that. But then also it became an issue. Um, when I was in ninth grade, and um, my mom went through my phone, and found like. A lot of a lot of um, adult material <laughs> that uh, was not heterosexual adult material, mm. and <laughs> and like I said previously, my parents are very religious, um, very heavily Christian, very Southern Baptist Christian, mm. very black, very black church. Um, so, and the typical, you know, <clears throat> unfortunately, the probably the statistic greater population of people who went to black church and were christian and are christians um and are in the black community a lot they were not for the gays they were not um very supportive at all not supportive is an understatement they were adamantly against yeah (laughs) Yeah. they were i should not say they were not just not supportive they were very 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 adamantly against it thank you Um, for not beating around the bush no they were no they were it was bad um and i don't want to like I don't, but it was, I don't want to like throw my parents under the bus, but it was, it was pretty bad. Um, yeah, and they yeah, were very sure. much not happy with it and very much not, um, very much like in denial, uh, like telling me that I wasn't gay, like that I'm not. And I'm, and I, I identify as bisexual. I'm, I mostly like guys, but I also think women are very beautiful as well. So I, I identify as bisexual and, um, and so they, they were not about that at all. Um, mm. it was very, it be, quickly became like heavy prayer heavy religion heavy monitoring everything i did wow. um and i couldn't go to like I, I that carried on throughout high school like i couldn't in high school i couldn't go to parties i never went to parties in high school mm. i never drank in high school because i could never go to parties to drink um uh i was i was very restricted to the people i was allowed to hang out with um mm especially people that I was allowed to hang out with without like parental supervision. I had a best friend. I still have my best friend, Fernando, who has been my best friend since like second grade. So like we very much grew up together. Um, mm. We were on like the same basketball teams growing up. And so like we, and we both loved Naruto and Yu-Gi-Oh. So like we bonded through those things and we, we still, to this day, I will go home back to Orlando and when Fernando's in Orlando, we will get together and we will hang out, and we will play Yu-Gi-Oh. That's so cool. I'm so That's serious. Awesome. Like, we, I, I, we love it, um, and we still love it. Um, but, like, he's, he's been my best friend for, like, 15 years. But So he was always a person that, and he ended up coming to my middle school. We went to different elementary schools, but he, we ended up going to the same, like, elementary school as well. I mean, private school as well, and middle and high school. Mm-hmm. So I was always allowed to hang out with him. Um, and because my parents knew his parents very well, because we grew up together. 
And so I was always allowed to hang out with him, but he was really honestly one of my only friends, probably like one of my only two friends mm. that I was like, I knew that I was going to be able to hang out with Fernando. You know yeah. what I mean? I knew yeah. I was going to be allowed to hang out with him. My other friends, however, like my theater friends, especially like my parents were not about to let me hang out with my theater friends because my parents were under the impression that my theater friends like encouraged me to be gay and like had some sort yeah. of like influence on that and some sort of power in that regard. Oh, I know what you're saying. Um, yeah. yeah. And so like they, they were like theater, this theater nonsense made you gay and da, 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 which obviously was not the case. Um, but, um, so like I have to think about the fact that like if my mom had not ever gone through my phone that night, if she had never got how different would my life would be, it would be very different because mm. at that point when they discovered that it was like, Honestly, it was, like, almost a shutdown of, like, everything that, like, all of the support, all of the, even, like, as minimal as it was, like, all of that was just, like, gone. gone. It was, like, they were mm. not. And so there was, there were very many, many, many times that they tried to, like, stop me from doing theater, try to take me out of shows, try to take me out of doing theaters, try to stop me from signing up for theater class. Um, mm. And I just would not do that because I was, like, I'm not going to not... I'm not going to not enjoy my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not going to, you're not going to tell me that I can't do this thing that I love doing. Um, and that makes me so happy. Theater fills me with like so much joy, honestly, when I do shows and particularly when I do like musicals with like a lot of dancing in them, I like, that is, if you come see like a show that I'm in, like, and you watch like, that is my joy. And I feel like it really, people tell me that they like see it on stage because I, like that is, Oh, I, I see it. I think oh, yeah. you like I that is like what I that is really what I love to do. Yeah. It is really like when I did in the Heights, I was just I know it's just ensemble in, in the Heights. And I love to play roles, but like in shows that have like a lot of dancing, like hairspray or like whatever that I've done at FSU, would they have a lot of dancing in them? I love it. Mm. I loved hairspray, I loved uh, in the heights. So like, you, but I, you were on stage so much. What do you say? Like, you had so much stage time. Thank you. And in the, in the Heights was it's such a big ensemble show. It's yeah. such a big ensemble show with a lot of dancing. So I I really loved um, being a part of it and I love the style of dancing and so like I love being on stage so I was like mm. very much you're not gonna like not I'm not gonna not enjoy my life and I'm not gonna not enjoy what I do and so my home life became very much like I would dread being at home and I would love going to school because I would go to school I would be around my Interesting. friends right. I would love going to school I would be around my friends um, I was decently popular um, my class never had an issue I never had an issue with like bullying and such Honestly, truth be told, I was I was kind of the bully. I was a bully in like sixth grade, and then until my theater teacher told me, she fully changed my life with this one sentence. She was like, "No one is going to like you if you keep being so awful to people." And she kept me. She kept me behind. She kept me after class to tell me that school day was over, and I was being a little badass sixth grade kid. I was being bad and being mean in sixth grade theater, and I think I told this person that their scene was bad. That their monologue was bad or something like that, and um, oh, and I was probably I was I was brutal. No, it was I was like, I was like a bully. Like I almost got kicked out of school a couple times because it was bad. But like my oh, theater teacher was like was yeah, and my theater teacher was like, yeah, no one's gonna like you if you keep being so awful to people. We'd like to take a second to shout out our monthly patrons. Thank you to Aaron Bogman, Marissa Arnone, Mimi Schultz, Dan Winstrup. Corbin Gulo and Christina Shan for their continuous support of the podcast. Everything we do on this show couldn't be possible without listeners like you. Consider joining us on Patreon, where for just a dollar a month, you can support the podcast and help us even more in the conversation about Active Hope. 
Now, back to the episode. Um, and so that really, like, put things in perspective for me, and I changed, like, my whole... And also theater helped me do that, too, because in theater, you have to try to understand people, and you can't judge the characters you play, and you have to try to understand them as well. So being in theater makes you try... It makes you have to try to understand people. And I think that is a thing that people miss in the world and in life, is trying to understand people. People mm. sometimes think that, like... I, I feel like some people sometimes think that if you don't understand something, like, the, the, in the way it is, if you just don't understand it, you're just not going to understand it. Mm-hmm. And I disagree so heavily with that. Yeah. I think, like, some things I don't agree with, but if I try to understand the perspective, if I try to understand why they came to be like that, that I could maybe have some empathy towards that, some, mm-hmm. like, some, some good positive feelings towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just because you understand something doesn't mean you agree with it. Exactly. Just because yeah. you understand it doesn't mean you agree with it. And you know what I mean? And you can just, be, you can just understand I it would, and understand where yeah. that's coming from. I would mm-hmm. rather hear someone say, I don't agree with that than... That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, it's yes. like, okay, well, like, you're not yes. trying to, you're not trying to make it make sense. Like, you know what I mean? I totally see that. Mm-hmm. And like, I, like, I can totally get something and not agree with it. I can totally, you know, me personally as a Tyler Covington, I get, I get why people enjoy uh, the music of uh, Taylor Swift, Olivia Rodrigo. Um, I, and I enjoy Taylor Swift's old Old music. <laughs> that that old like that old country pop that teardrops on my guitar picture to burn oh, our song yeah. all that girl <laughs> turn up turn up like let's go let's he's go, let's the go. reason for the teardrops on my guitar, guitar. like yeah. that is it's so good yeah. um but like her new stuff is not my favorite but I, I understand what people enjoy i understand what people enjoy like that type of music and yeah, i might not necessarily agree with that but i'm not gonna like dock that you know what i mean like i i get it so like i'm not gonna be like i'm not gonna be like your music taste is garbage even yeah. though i've definitely told people that sometimes um but like <laughs> I've, I've definitely been like that's what you listen to all right girl all right. um but like i'm not gonna try to i'm not gonna try to you have to try to understand people and so like that's theater definitely helped me try to become a, it helped me become a nicer person and i can do consider myself like a nice person so if you decided days. to keep doing it then how come I just decided, like, I literally was like, I'm signing up. My, there was one point when my parents didn't want me to audition for the shows, but I, there was a class that was offered at my school that was like, if you are in the class, oh, the whole class is putting on a show. Like, you are, the whole class is coming to class to rehearse to put on the show. And so I would sign up for that. Cool. And so I would, I would be in a musical. Like, I was never going to not be in a You know what I mean? Cool, cool. And so, like, I persisted in doing all of those things. And so, and I, I was very much heavily a theater kid in high school, in middle of high school. And um, my parents weren't going to stop me from, from doing that. And they kind of got the sense that they weren't going to stop me from doing that. But in middle of high school. Now, when I became a senior in high school and it was time to talk about colleges and such like that, I had my list. I had my list of about 10 or 12 schools that I wanted to audition for. I wanted to go to school for musical theater. And I knew that about myself. I knew by this time, by the time I was in sixth grade, and I did Once on this Island. Once on this Island was the spark that turned into a flame. Mm. Like, and it was like a heavy flame too. It was like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Um, and I knew that about myself. And I knew, I've known that about myself since sixth grade that I've wanted to do film, TV, Broadway, all of that. Um, and so I had a very like mind forward, straight forward towards that goal. And, but like my parents, I guess, didn't see that. And so when I was a senior, in high school, I had my list that I wanted to audition for BFA musical theater programs. Um, and I, then my parents were like, okay, so what schools are you thinking about applying to? And I showed them my list. It was like, you know, 
um, all the big ones like Carnegie Mellon, um, Pace, um, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Penn State, mm-hmm. Florida State University. Um, and so my parents were like, okay, well, and my parents, I knew that my parents had a, what they, where they wanted me to go. My parents wanted me to go to FAMU, Florida a University. Um, my dad went there for law school. He went to UF for undergrad, but he went to FAMU for law school. My mom went there her whole college career, did pharmacy there. My brothers went there. My aunts went there. My cousins went there. It's like a whole family thing to go to FAMU. Whoa. And so like, they really wanted me to go to FAMU. So when I showed them my list of schools, that list of schools did not include FAMU. Mm. And they were like, okay, so they had to figure out, they look, they like low-key figured out a way to like pigeonhole me into going to FAMU. They were like, okay, so how many of these schools are in-state? And One. it was like, Two. It was like fam. It was like uh, FSU and UCF as like my quote unquote safety school. Okay. But I read something online that was like one thing I would tell college student. One thing I would tell uh, high school students auditioning for college is that there's no such thing as a safety school when there's an audition involved. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's very true. That's very true. But like back in high school, you don't really think like that. So like in my yeah. head, like UCF was like my safety school. Um, yeah. So I was like these two, and they were like, how many of them are HBCUs, which are historically black colleges or universities? Um, mm. And I was like. Uh, none of them. I was like, well, one of them is, um, but it's not in state. I, my parents were gonna make me go to an HBCU, so I wanted to go to Howard. Howard has a really good theater program. It has like the best. Um, it's probably the HBCU with the best musical theater program. Howard University. It's in Washington nice. D.C. So I really wanted to go there. Um, um, a ton of famous black people went there. Taraji P Henson, Chadwick Boseman, who plays Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, so so many people went to Howard. So I really went to go there. Oh, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. A truly, truly phenomenal star. Um, phenomenal person. Phenomenal person. Phenomenal actor. Um, <sighs> gosh, yeah, gone too soon. Um, truly. And so like I wanted to go to Howard's, but my parents were like, "You have to stay in state." And so there, I was like, "Okay, in state HBCUs in Florida." There were like three, and I'm not going to go to these two of them. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Okay, so FAMU it is." And so I went to FAMU for Damn. my freshman year of college. They kind of pigeonholed me into that. They'll claim that they never made me go to FAMU, but I was like, hmm, the options were slim. The <laughs> options were few and far between. So uh, I think you guys made me go to. I think you guys made me go to FAMU. The options. Um, <laughs> like there was, you guys narrowed it down to that there would be one option. Jeez. I, okay. Um, so I went to FAMU, and my parents were heavily against me studying musical theater they were heavily against me studying theater in college they don't see my pa- and my parents were never like i grew up and i wanted to take dance classes because i wanted to get better at dancing and i wanted to take voice lessons because i wanted to, i really needed to get better at singing and my parents were of the opinion that you know dancing was for girls so i couldn't take dance classes um i they, there were times that i did take dance classes but like things happened in them that like maybe i don't know like my parents found more adult material and like took me out of dance classes or like my one of my um i had a really good ballet teacher for like three weeks and my parents discovered like on the third week that like the ballet teacher was gay and so they took me out of his class because they didn't want me to be influenced by him um he was a he was a huge he was a tall very well-built muscular black man but he was gay um he was to me he was very masculine um Mm -hmm. a ballet dancer but he was gay so like my parents didn't want me to be influenced by him so they took me out of the class because obviously Um, you can't be masculine obviously you can't be obviously you can't be masculine if you're gay obviously you can't be straight and be i mean i wasn't but like obviously you can't be straight and do ballet that's for girls like no obviously obviously if you are around gay people at a young age you are gonna end up gay like no like it was just yeah crazy thinking but yeah you know they are you know of a different generation so those mindsets were stuck in and they were not trying to open them and they were not trying to open their minds 
And so, like, I grew up like that, and they believed that voice lessons were stupid, and, like, either you can sing or you can't. Like, singing is a gift, and you can't really, like, get better at it, which... Not true. Your story. Not oh, true. Such a good singer. Not oh, true. Oh, Thank you gosh. so much. But I, when I tell you I started theater as a bad, like bad singer. Looking back at videos, I'm like, oh girl, you did not know what a key was. You just, <laughs> you were just out there on the mic. Just, just, just hot on the mic, not knowing a damn note that you were singing. Um, and it was so bad. So I knew I needed to get better at singing. And um, it, it's the point that my junior year of high school, my mom would give me um, like seven dollars. She, I remember, she would give me seven dollars for lunch every day, and I would take take that seven dollars and I would save it um, the entire week, and I would pay my voice teacher on Fridays in secret. I would pay her thirty five dollars <gasps> from the seven dollars that I got throughout Monday through Friday. I would pay her thirty five dollars every week. Um, for wow. an hour long voice lesson, oh my and gosh. I did that in secret. I did that after school every Friday. Um, you gotta write a book, Tyler. This is amazing. Yeah, (laughs) thank you. But I did that because I knew I needed to take voices. I knew I needed to get better, especially before I going and auditioning for colleges. So I paid the school's music teacher. She ran all of the choirs and such. And so she was also a voice teacher. She had studied voice as well at UCF. And so love Miss Carter. Love Miss Pan, who was my theater teacher. But um, so I paid her thirty five dollars, and I think and I never told her that. But I think at some point she eventually like found out or discovered or whatever, because the next year she offered, she was like, I will give you free voice lessons if you sing at chapel on Thursdays, because we had, my school was a very religious school. It was Episcopalian. Mm-hmm. So like we had chapel every Thursday um, that we would go. It was like a 45 minute little church session. But like yeah. if there was music there and no one ever wanted to sing at chapel. So my voice teacher was like, I need singers because I run chapel now. And mm-hmm. if you sing at chapel, I will give you free voice lessons. Mm. And I was like, deal, girl. Deal. <laughs> I can eat lunch and I can sing. I'm in. Oh, um, Tyler, oh my gosh. So like, so, like, I did that. And so, like, I, I mean, I was serious about it. I was very dedicated and I was very determined. And I still am. And I was like, you're not going to stop me from doing what I want to do and doing what I want to do with my life. Like, this is my life. This is my, my joy. This is my happiness. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I need this. Um, and so I did that. And um, my senior year, when I got to, you know, going to college and such, my parents were very much like, you are not going to study musical theater in college. You are not going to study theater. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to get a, a real job. Mm-hmm. Quote, unquote, real job. And so um, when I went to FAMU, I was like, I really want to study theater. And they were like, you can study theater as long as you double major in something else. Mm-hmm. So I majored in theater and I majored in business administration. Ooh. Um, and let me tell you something. I picked business administration because I thought that shit would be easy. And it was, um, it was very easy. I was just, when you don't care about something, it's the hardest, it's the hardest thing in the world to just get done. Yeah, man. Like, and I just didn't care. Yeah. I did not care about being the CEO of Microsoft at all. I did not care at all. Like, or like any fortune 500, fortune 500 company. Like so many of the other kids like in the class were like, I want to be. Uh, a CEO. Da, da, da. I was like, oh. I was like, I want to go sing and dance. Like, I was like, I, I don't, I don't care about this stuff at all. And they asked me on the first day. They were like, they went around the room and they asked each student what they wanted to do with business. And me just being there as a formality, I had to come up with something real quick because I did not want to have anything to do with business. So they got to me and I stood up and I was like, I 
want to produce musicals on Broadway. And they were like, <laughs> okay. All right. We've never had that one before. All righty then. Um, wow, that's really interesting. We're going to figure out how to help you with that. We're going to figure We're gonna figure that out. That's, you know what, though? Um, good on them for being like, we'll help you out. They're, they're, yeah. no, good on them for being like, okay, well, we can, we can do that. There is, there is money in there. There is for sure money in that. And there is probably like... That'd probably be something else to, for them to add to their like school's portfolio. Like yeah. we have a producer, you know, what I mean, from on this Broadway. business school on Broadway. Yeah. He majored in theater. Like he produces, music. and I, honestly, in my opinion, it was not a bad cover up no. because I I Absolutely I really not. needed to see him. Like I wanted to be there. So like, so like I told them that. And but doing that my freshman year of college, business school is just such the polar opposite of theater. It is very much sit down, very much like plug in these numbers. Look at this graph. Look at this graph. Make this graph. Make this word spreadsheet. Like a word document, Excel spreadsheet. Da 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 da. Like so much the opposite of theater, which is like get up on your feet, move, feel, um, express yourself, like all of that. And so like I was like, it, it got to the I, my mental health tanked, and I mm. never experienced that before. Even when I was going through really really tough situations at home, which were very very bad like i don't want to sugarcoat that like it was very rough at home for me in high school and middle yeah. high school um like i really i really liked going to school <laughs> mm-hmm. i really liked getting out of the house and going to school um but um which was weird for like a middle and high school kid but like i yeah really loved going to school yeah um but like my mental health tanked so bad in the college that i was like i i would walk into the business building and as soon as i crossed the threshold of the front door, I would have a headache. Oh like God. I would, like I would have a headache, and I would be, I would be in class miserable. And as soon as I left the school, as soon as I crossed the threshold to leave, the headache would be gone. Mm. And I, now that I was like, quote unquote, free of the business school, what for however many hours, I'd be fine, totally happy. Um, Ugh, but like it was, it was, it was bad. That. It was like I hated it. No, I what I really it. can't imagine is that all of everything that you've been describing so far in your story, you've done all of this. And your spine was in the shape of a question mark. <laughs> my scoliosis. My scoliosis. Um, Ow. I, Ow. Yes. Okay. So I discovered that I had really severe scoliosis. I do have severe scoliosis. I discovered at like the age of like 14, um, which I went from like an annual checkup. And my doctor was like, he's like, you know, you bend over and he feels your spine. And he does it that one day. And he was like, Urgh. let me try that again. <laughs> Okay, uh, it's like, what if I feel over here? Oh, there it is. It, oh, it's still going. Okay, 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 it's coming back now. All right, and it's that direction now. Um, so he was like, I think you have scoliosis. And I think you need to go get an x-ray. I think you need to get checked. Uh, but here's a, here's a, um, orthopediologist. Go, you need to go get checked. And so um, I went and I got an x-ray and yes, sorry, buddy, severe scoliosis about, um, I think when I first got checked, it was about a 50, a 56 degree curve, um, oh which gosh. Um, is a, it's a heavy curve. Um, and if it's above 50, you are pretty yeah. much like on slate to get surgery. Wow. You are, you need to get surgery. 
Um, and I was I was dancing, I was dancing, doing stuff, and I had no idea up until the, up until that point. And even after that, I was still dancing and such, and I was doing all this, uh, this musical theater dancing, whatever. And I never had an issue with my back. I never had a problem, so I never knew that there was an issue until they like told me. Like they were like, "You don't feel pain from this," and I was like, "No." And they were like, "You should feel pain." Like it was it was bad. It was like, I think when I finally got my surgery, it was like a fifty eight degree curve, or actually it was a fifty nine. I got so it just. Kept. It kept going. Oh my god! When you when you go over fifty, when your curves are over fifty degrees, they tell they tell them in all the textbooks and stuff or whatever, whenever they teach them that if it's over fifty degrees, it will get worse by one degree every year. Dang! Every year it will get worse by one degree, and it did. Um, wow! I okay. Now I remember. I was at a fifty-four degree curve, and sure enough, five years later, when I went back to um, an actual surgeon to like get a checkup to start the process of getting surgery. Um, they did another x-ray on me and it was 59 degrees. Oh my gosh. It had gone five degrees worse and they were like, wow. But yeah, buddy, you need to get the surgery and you need to get it quickly. So scoliosis, were you like crooked almost or were you like No, I was, I was, was great posture. I had wow. great posture and I never knew. That's why I never knew it. No one, there was no like crazy difference. No one, Interesting. no one knew. And I would like, and to this day, I still have to point it out to people and they're like, you have scoliosis? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like. They're like, well, let me look at you real quick. I mean, quick. the few, like, the times that I have been around you at, like, events or stuff, I could have, I didn't, Caleb mentioned this before the podcast, and I was like, what? Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, you got rods you in your like, back now, right? I do have rods like, in my back. extremely fit and, Thank and, you. Like, like, I, straight up. Oh, my God. You are Black Panther. <laughs> ah! That, ah! Listen. <laughs> you should play listen, Black Panther. The little, the slight disappointment when they announced the movie, because Black Panther has always been my favorite Marvel superhero. Like even when I was a kid, I was I was a fan before it was cool. Yes, it's like the hair on the ear. I was. Um, <laughs> so like I always yeah. wanted to. It was always like my when I started doing that, I was like I want to play Black Panther. There's no Black Panther movie. I want to play him in a movie. Like I've always wanted to do that. And so when they announced it, I was like, ah, oh, someone's gotten it to it first. I was like, oh no. But I mean, like it's it was cool. So I was full on in support. But like I've always wanted to play Black Panther. I've always I really do want to play a superhero. I mm. really do. That is one of the reasons I started working. Well, you out. could do it so easily. That I is mean, one of the, your whole social media presence oh my god it's my, literally built around how good you look me bro. being a thought me <laughs> being a whore on social media oh my god when people tell me when they're like oh i think i follow you on twitter i'm like i <laughs> am so sorry i am sorry that you've seen me in various states of undress before you've even met me like i'm so i'm sorry about like Oh my god, it's so like, but like I love, I, it's fun. I love social media, um, but like, yeah, the whole one of the whole reasons I started working out was because I wanted to play superhero so bad. And I also like didn't particularly like my body, and I started working out my freshman year while I was at FAMU because I was also so bored from business school. I would go home and I wouldn't have homework. I'd be like, "Bitch, it's four o'clock. I ain't got shit to do." Mm. So I'd sit in my room and watch TV or go hang out with my friends, and like my friends are still in class. Like mm. I. You know what? I'm just gonna like I really like my body right now. I'm just gonna go work out and see what happens. And I found out that I really enjoyed it, so like, I kept doing it. And um, I saw the results. Like that's when that's when everyone going to the gym at, at first is really rough until you start seeing the results. And then you're like, I'm gonna keep going. All right, all right. I'm gonna keep doing this shit. <laughs> I'm gonna keep doing it. Um, when the compliments start rolling in, you're like, okay, okay. Um, so like I really wanted to play superhero, and I really wanted to my body to be more fit. So I started working out. Um, and this was all while I had the scoliosis because, I, I, like I said, it never gave me issues. 
it would only get make me feel pain when I would do like crazy dumb shit with my back. Like when I would go into a back bend for like too long or like try to do a a backflip. The things that we did in like Kate's class, like in movement our oh. freshman year at FSU, like when we, we would like go on our shoulders on our back and like like put oh. our feet behind our head. I still do that. And yeah. We yeah, still do that. And I back even back then I was like no. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, my lower back said no. And I would be like, yeah. uh, I'm not going to do that one, Kate. And she'd be like, okay. Because she didn't really, she didn't that really one, like, change That stretch changed my life. I, my yeah. back is never, no, like, in a good it's, way. Like, in a good I, way. No, yeah. like, it's 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 a good exercise, but, like, it it pulled on my lower back in a way that I my, I, my lower back was like, no. Um, let's not do that one. And so, like, Dang. could do that one. But, so, things like that, and it never gave me issues. But as it progressively got, my back got worse. Um, I started to feel it more. Like I, I felt it during quarantine mm. in particular, which is why I went and got the surgery in the first place. Because after I, we finished in the Heights, we went into quarantine like almost a couple weeks after that. Um, and it was in March. And at, by the end of March, as I was sitting in my bedroom, I was like on my chair watching Glee again. I was like, my back feels weird just sitting in this chair that's kind of weird that's never happened before like hmm. mm. um i was like okay well i'm just gonna lay down and i would like stuff like that would happen a lot and i would, so it maybe just got me thinking about my back and i was like well maybe now is the best time to get that surgery while everything is shut down and you know what i mean yeah like, school is online and so i did i went and got that surgery um and i got it about like last year and i say that like Whatever, but it was like a huge, huge. You surgery. you really did. It's you were just like, so yeah. I went. And I, I went. I went. And got two rods inserted to my spine. You know, whatever, whatever. No, it was like a huge. It was a huge deal. Um, huge surgery and very invasive. There are now like metal rods like drilled into my spine. They tried to like straighten it out a little bit, and so they could, you know, because otherwise my back would have just it would have continued to get worse. Yeah. Um, over yeah. time, and they were like. You want to be like on Broadway and you want to dance and such like that. You you're can't not be a going, superhero. You want to be a super. You can't. You're not going to. Be <laughs> yeah, literally. They were like, you. If you don't get the surgery, you will probably not like be able to dance by like the time you're thirty. Yeah. And I was like, wow. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Because it was fun. like, I mean, just the curvature. I would show you an excerpt, but I know the people on the podcast wouldn't be able to see. But the curvature of a fifty-nine degree curved spine is bad already. It's wow. really, really bad already. And so for it to continuously get worse would be detrimental. Um, so I'm going to, let me ask you a question. So you were in, uh, at FAMU. Yeah. Doing business, but also studying theater there. Yes, I did. A, yeah. What prompted the, the switch the switch to FSU and how did that process look? I did a, um, I did a play at FAMU. Um, the full title is a play by Pearl Clay. The full title is, let me take a deep breath. The Nakarim Society proudly requests the honor of your presence at a celebration of their first 100 years. That is the title of the play. Wow. Okay. Um, and I really enjoyed that play. It was very fun. It was very. Um, I love being around black people. I really do. I kind of. That's what. That's one thing I kind of miss about um, being. And this was at FAMU. This was at FAMU. Um, and I did that play. The director was Takia Crystal Kima, who, um, for those of you that don't know that, she played the mom on That's So Raven. Um, Ooh. she she was she played the mom um on that's a ribbon she was a family alumni and she came back to direct that play and so um Whoa. she was my director for that play it was really cool it was also like really trippy like 
going to rehearsal and seeing the mom from that story. I'm like, I grew up Especially with you. that's so racist. Right, I, right, but I was like, I grew up watching you. Like, whoa, this is crazy. But she was so sweet. She was so nice, very professional, very lovely, beautiful voice also. She would be like, she would like sing on our breaks Sorry, and stuff. Sorry, I can't do that. Sorry, Siri. <laughs> Siri. Um, Siri. <laughs> she would like sing like on our breaks and stuff, and we would be like, oh, that's gorgeous. But, um, but yeah, she, that was really lovely, and I did that play. And, but I also, I didn't feel that challenged. Fame, you didn't have like, a musical theater program so like it was like they had really realistically like there was no dance teacher so there were no dance classes mm. and you had to be a music major or a minor in order to take voice lessons mm. from the music department and so like the theater degree was really like a, a theater acting. like acting mostly but like very kind of general like uh, and it was some of the base knowledge i was like i already really not to like brag or like say like i already knew that but like i i I, my theater department at middle and high school was a very good one and my theater teacher was a very good teacher and i've discovered that like throughout the years i was like wow she actually taught us a lot um a lot of great stuff because there was stuff that i was that they were teaching in like those college classes and there's stuff they teach in college classes here at fsu that i knew back in like seventh grade and i was like Mm. whoa like wow um so like I, I didn't feel that challenged there. I wanted more of a, you know, a full-scale performance uh, curriculum with singing, dancing, and acting. Um, and, I, yeah, I wanted... I did that play, and I loved doing that play there, though. But I, I, I did want a, more of a full-scale performance degree. And so FSU offered that, and Family did not. And FSU is also, like, a really good program. Um, and so I was like... And it, when I tell you that it's a stone's throw away from FAMU... I mean, like, on Saturdays, when I would be, like, chilling alone by myself, I would get up on a Saturday morning and walk a half mile to the Starbucks that's on FSU's side of Tallahassee. Because there wasn't really a real Starbucks on the family side of Tallahassee. I would literally walk. It would be, like, a 20-minute walk. Like, yeah. Across. And it would be through FSU's mm-hmm. campus, too. So it would not be even just, like, near it. Through FSU's campus. And it's like, crazy the difference so you brought up earlier when you were, like... Or you were just like, I miss being with black people. You know, you're like, I love being with black people. And it made me realize, I was like, yeah, FSU is whitewashed. Yeah, very, oh my God, very much PWI, pr- uh, predominantly white institution. Whereas FAMU, I was, it would be, ra- it would be rare that I would see a, like a, a white person at a FAMU. And now it's, sometimes it's rare that I see a black person at FSU. And I'm like, oh yeah. wow, this is crazy. Damn. Um, and maybe that's just because I do theater and theater is not necessarily always the, um it's not it's a predominantly white industry so you know there are a lot of black people and people of color in theater but like obviously not as many as like white people and such like that so maybe that's just because in the field that i'm in there's a lot of i would say that there's like probably a a a pretty at least compared to some universities in the country there's probably more black people at fsu than other places some yeah of some programs absolutely and that's which is kind of sad because there's only like four in our program um yeah (laughs) Um, yeah. there's like three in the musical theater program, but there, there are many more in the acting program. So good on the acting, yeah. good on the acting program, um, yeah. for having a, a bit more diversity than the, than the musical theater side. But I wanted a full, I wanted a more performance based degree. So I really wanted to go to FSU cause it was also in state and that was probably the most likely that my parents would pay for it if they would pay for it. Um, and so like, I, I did not have the money. I had the money to apply but I did not really have the money to go and audition for multiple schools. So I applied for FSU's musical theater department and school with a Visa gift card. 
because my parents were not going to pay for the application. I, 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 was, I was supposed to do these auditions my senior year, but I got into UCF's audition. I got to UCF's program without an audition because the head of their program came to see a show that we did at my high school. And I was a lead in that. We did Big River. And it's the story of Huckleberry Finn. And I played Jim. Um, and he was like, I want that kid in my program. And he talked to my theater teacher. He had me submit my, my audition material. And he accepted me the next day. No audition. Wow. Send me an acceptance letter the next day. Um, so that was really cool. That doesn't happen a lot. So I was really like yeah. surprised and shocked and happy about that. Um, my mom, I told my mom that. And she called it a wasted application. <laughs> Because I was not going to be studying musical theater. Oh, man. And so I was like, oh, you don't get it. Like, that doesn't happen. Like, I think I really do have talent. Like, I think I really could do this. Yeah. And they were not getting that. They did not think it was a lucrative. Um, they don't think it's a lucrative business. They don't think it's a lucrative choice to study musical theater. So they wanted me to get a quote-unquote real job. So they called that a wasted application and did not let me go to my FSU audition. What? They were supposed to take me my senior year. They did not take me my senior year. Hmm. I'm so they sorry. They did not take me to my audition, and I was really crushed by that because I was I really wanted to go. Um, so they didn't take me, and um, so like like my freshman year at FAMU, I auditioned, I applied with a Visa gift card because I couldn't do it on my regular uh, uh, regular debit card because my parents watched that those charges, and so I applied with a Visa gift card, and I set up a GoFundMe to uh, apply and audition to UCF as well, because I had travel expenses, but I couldn't go anywhere else. So I literally, I paid for, I set up a GoFundMe and I only needed like some money for the Greyhound ticket. And I have friends in Orlando so I could stay with them and they offered to like drive me to my audition, which was very kind of them. But I wanted to have money for the Greyhound ticket, a little money for, to pay them, because I felt bad. And also money for like food for like a weekend or whatever. So I just needed maybe like a hundred, hundred twenty five dollars, like like max. Um, I set up that GoFundMe and posted it on my Facebook, and said that I was going to be auditioning for schools. And the parents of the students, like the parents of my theater friends from high school, all like collectively donated money to it. Oh, um, that's awesome! And it was so it was so lovely of them. I think I ended up getting like six hundred and fifty dollars wow. oh my gosh that's amazing um which was so amazing and so like i definitely i i literally applied and then the, when the, the auditions came i got waitlisted because i applied on the last day the last day for fsu so they put me on the wait list for the auditions and they called me like 11 days before the audition and they were like we have a slot if you want it and i was like i want that audition slot so yeah. 11 days i had 11 days to get together an audition that would like hopefully in my head would like change my life mm-hmm. um and seems like it did it very much did mm-hmm. um very much did um so i had 11 days and i put together an audition in 11 days and i walked to fsu from my dorm i woke up at 7 a.m i think the audition time was like 8 a.m got up got dressed brushed my teeth did a quick prayer and walked out that door and walked to my audition for fsu um danced uh, walked back, had breakfast, got dressed for like the singing and acting part of it. Oh yeah, and then Ubered to back to the school because I didn't want my outfit to get sweaty. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like auditioned for FSU, it went well. I just I I FSU is such a big like a big theater school like a program program. program. It's such a good one. So I didn't I really didn't think I was gonna get in. And so I also had auditioned for uh, UCF as well. So I went. I took a Greyhound to UCF, stayed with a couple friends, and um, 
on my way, I was literally about to leave. UC, I was about to leave Orlando. Like, I auditioned for them. Audition went great. And I was about to leave Orlando. My friend drove me to the Greyhound station. When I got to the Greyhound station, my mom was waiting for me there. What? I had no idea how. What? No idea why. I got to the Greyhound station. I got out of my car. I got out of my friend's car. Turned around. Grabbed, grabbed my bag. And my mom was walking towards me. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> here we go. Oh my gosh. I was like, here we go. So naturally, she was very upset. She was very mad, especially because I came to Orlando and did not tell them. Um, mm. <laughs> they were very, very upset. And so, but like, I obviously had to go back to Tallahassee. So I got on the bus and she was just very mad. Um, we got on the bus and came back and waited a few weeks. And then I got the call from FSU saying that I had gotten it. And I was like, I dropped my phone, freaking out, losing my mind, like shaking, crying, like all of it. And so I was shook and scared. And uh, <laughs> so like I told my parents, I was like, because I didn't want to tell them that I was, I, I, I knew that I was going to go to school for music with you. I knew that I was transferring either to UCF or FSU, one of the two. But I knew that I was leaving FAMU because I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I have depression. Hardcore. Mm. And I need theater. I need musical theater. I need dancing, singing, acting. I need, I need my joy. Mm. Um, so, like, but I got into FSU, which is a really hard school to get into. And so I showed them my, I showed them my acceptance letter. I was like, I can do this. I do this theater thing. Like, this is what I do. I'm good at it. I promise. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to work hard and I'm going to succeed in this. Whether y'all support it or not, like, this is what I'm going to do. And so they were like, fine. <laughs> they were like, okay. Um, we, will, we will pay for it because you got in. And, you know, we recognize that it is a difficult school to get into. Um, so I got it and they paid for it. Um, and they still are paying for it, thank God, because this college is expensive. Um, yeah. And my, mo- my, mom was, my mom was a pharmacist. So, like, my dad's a lawyer. So it's not like we are... You can but afford it. We, they, it, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, y'all can afford to, to pay for it. Like, I'm like, y'all are not, we're not. But also putting like, me included three boys through college. My parents financially supported three boys through college, so yeah. like, so like it was. It, I'm sure it was expensive. So they were like, probably like oh, by the by the third boy, me. They were probably like, <sighs> here we go. <laughs> and they're like another college bill. Um, but now here you are. But now here I am. Four years later, leading um, the play. Leading. Oh my God, the leading the play. Dude. Moon Man Walk. Moon Man Walk at FSU. Come see it. I'm so honored, so blessed to be a part of it. It'll definitely um, be too late by the time people hear this. But I mean, it, sh- it yeah, was amazing. Thank you so much. Um, it is. I'm so I'm so honored to be a part of it because it's not just like it's not just a beautiful play. It is a very black play written by a black playwright with an all-black cast, and a, we had a black female director for it. Awesome. So it was, like, monumental. It, it is the first all-black cast ever at FSU. Um, so it is, like, a, really? it's, a, it's a, the first wow. ever all-black cast ever at FSU. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Dude, Lopez, that's so cool. Uh, thank you. And it is, so it's such an honor to be a part of it. And it's so, I love the cast. They are all such beautiful actors, such beautiful workers. Um, the, and the, the rest of the cast, I'm a senior, the rest of the cast are sophomores, and they are stunning. They are incredible, and they blow my mind every single night. Um, 
and it, 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 it's it's such an honor to be on stage with them and to be the quote-unquote the lead there it's a four-person show but like yes the story like revolves around my character but like the these actors really they're so beautiful they really carry mm. they really carry um and and so i'm the, so the, glad the, the, that the, there was a black director thank you so me too i'm, yeah. I'm i was so glad yeah. that black people was a director it was so important and you can what a lot of people have said about the show is that you you can tell how important it is to all of us mm. on stage. You could tell how important every word that we were saying is yeah. to us. Mm. Um, so it's so it's such an honor to be a part of it, and it's such an honor to be. I hate to say it, but like at a play, like a straight play, as a musical theater student, like we got to get ragged off for being like very like dance, 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 sing, 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 and then yeah, we'll also act. But like I have always been a person that's like. The actor comes first because like we're telling this story, so like how am I going to tell this story yes. if I can't act it, if I can't articulate it, if I can't you know give you these emotions that I want to be for you to feel? You know what I mean? Um, so the acting mm. has always come first for me. So being in a straight play as a musical theater actor and a musical theater performer is such a, like an honor. It's so lovely, um, and I feel like a lot of people like didn't expect, <laughs> uh, didn't expect it to be like. I think it's a really great show, and I don't think people expected it to be as good as it was. Um, Cause like when people came to see it on theater night, which is um you know our our night for the theater students to go see all the shows, like mm-hmm. there's a night for every performance. You don't um, have rehearsals. You don't, you don't have rehearsals. Free tickets. Free tickets. Yeah. You go see the go see the play. Go support your friends. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. Um. So theater night, all of my a lot a ton of my friends came, most of them. Um. Because like it was, it's also a smaller audience. So, I'm like, sorry. No, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. It's, fine. No, 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 it's, a, it's a very small audience, so the tickets were like gone quick. Um, for like over two hundred theater students, and there are only like I I would probably say like fifty or so seats. So like mm. so like there it, it was not you know what I mean like it was not a, a huge, it wasn't not a huge opportunity to go see it. But on on that particular night, but a lot of my friends came to see it, and I don't think they expected it. To, it's a it's not a, a huge title. It's not, you know, The Glass Menagerie. It's not A Streetcar Named Desire. It's not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Crucible. It's not like one of those huge title plays. So a yeah. lot of people don't know what necessarily what it's about. Angels in America. Eric, Angels in America. Like, you know what I mean? It's not yeah, one of those. Yeah. It's not The Cursed Child. Um, um, But like, so like people didn't really know what to expect from it. And it's a very beautiful story. It revolves around um, a young man whose mom passes away um, unexpectedly. And he has to go home and try to plan um her funeral by himself he doesn't have any siblings or any other family so he has to try to do that by himself but on the way there um he finds he meets this young woman named petrushka um who decides to come with him to philadelphia to um plan his mother's funeral with him and to you know be by his side while he does that and it's so she she comes along for the ride and literally the first day we get there we find a letter that is from my late mother who is saying like if you're reading this it's because i've passed away and i want to tell you the truth about you know where you come from so like here here's your father this is a this is his name this is where he is like go meet him go tell him you're spencer um that's my character's name and so like the story is about like me trying to plan this funeral while also reconciling with the fact that i just found out who my father is and deciding if i want to go meet him um, and trying to piece together like the memories I have to get I have of my mother. Um, wow. And who was you find out like you find that he and his mother have like a really very great solid relationship, and it's mm. like they were best friends. Um, so it was very it's very hard to lose his mother. So it's a story of like it's a story of love and loss. Um, it's a very beautiful and heartfelt one, and I was so blessed and so honored to to have booked the show. 
um, <laughs> when we did the auditions. I, I really was. I was so, like, excited for it. And I've been so excited for it. And I still am. Like, I go to the theater and I have a blast with these people. Like, ah, they are so fun. And rehearsals have been so, like, like playing, like, black music and, like, dancing to it before rehearsals or whatever, like, with them. Like, it's just... I, I enjoy the show so much and I enjoy these, the cast of it so much. They're all so talented and the mm. story is so beautiful. So I really am yeah. honored to be a part of it. It is like, it's a play, and which I love doing. I love doing straight plays. Um, I've, only, I've only done a few of them in my theater, theatrical career, quote unquote. But um, <laughs> like I, I've typically, I've done musicals. Um, so I really love just doing straight plays. Not have to worry about sounding like a good singer, um, which I thank God I've grown a lot in. Um, because I used to be so bad, but I've I've recently become like, you know, gotten a lot better at it, and so mm. um, <laughs> it has become a, a piece of my arsenal as well. So, um, but well, so it seems like your entire you have like an incredible story for real. Like all these little things, right? It's you were, so inspiring. You were paying your voice teacher, and the scoliosis is just honestly, it wasn't even like. The most intense part of the journey. No, I mean, I, yeah, all these little like hurdles. Well, the fact that you made it happen for yourself, and they were not so little, is no, and they weren't. They were no, not, they were not little. They were not. I talk about them like, as if they're little hurdles now because I've like grown and I've you know healed um, for the most part. But you went them. through some big stuff, but I went through you like really a lot. Did. I went, like a very like, for lack of a better word, like it was a pretty abusive like home life growing up in middle and high school. Yeah. Um, persisting through that like heavy, heavy homophobia. Um, persisting through that to do what I love. It's all in pursuit of like. My thing is that it's all in pursuit. Oh shit! Oh shit! I'm very late for call time. Um. Okay. Well. Oh, you are. Okay. Yes, I am. Let's. Oh wow! This, I did not. I didn't. Let's realize. end this real quick. Okay, but. Um. Well, I, we, we're going to ask you a question really okay. quickly. Yeah, we need. Okay. We need to answer. Which this. is, I think you were about to say it anyway. Um, what is something that brings you hope in the world what is something that brings me hope in the world um <laughs> it's gonna sound corny and cheesy but it's the truth it is the pursuit of happiness yeah. it's the pursuit of joy um mm. the idea that there will always be something that the, the idea that that it won't things will always be bad um there's a a line it's a it's a very famous like phrase but um i hear i heard it in the color purple i think for one of the first times or maybe it just stuck out to me in the color purple but it's um Seely goes trouble don't last always mm. and that's been a very like recurring that's awesome vibe and, and very recurring sentiment in my life is yeah. that like mm. whatever you're going through there is always a happy there's always like trouble don't last always like it you can't always be going through bad things um mm. so like no matter what i've been going through in my life and i've gone through some really dark times when i got my scoliosis surgery i couldn't i wasn't allowed to bend lift or twist for three months which meant no working out which is a big part of my life and no dancing which is a big part of my life um both of those things bring me a lot of a lot of joy mm. um and without those things i found that i had not a lot of joy and so like i when those three months were up and when I got back into the gym and when I got back to dancing again, when I got back to moving, I was like, trouble really mm. don't last always. And that was a th hard, hard mm. three months. It was like, excuse me, it was really like troublesome on my mental health, 
physical health, like it was bad. Mm. Um, so like I was, I was throughout that entire time, throughout all of those like dark moments that I've had in my life with middle and high school and that surgery and my freshman year at FAMU with developing like, some pretty bad depression. Like I was always thinking of the things that brought me joy, the things that brought me happiness, the pursuit of joy is so important. You just have to know that there is joy to come. Good things are coming. Mm. You know what I mean? No matter how rough it may seem, like good things are always gonna mm. come your way if you believe that they can. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it sounds so like corny cliche, so coy, but like it's the truth. <clears throat> yeah. Um trouble don't last always. And I've always tried to like find the joy. And I'm a pretty like dramatic person. So like No. No. But I, <laughs> I'm a pretty dramatic person, so like, when bad things are happening to me, I have a tendency to be like, the world is ending, I'm going to die. And it's like, it's, it's not that bad. <laughs> and I've gone through some shit that my, and I've been like, like the other night, I was like, in my bed, like, laying crying, because I was like, sad that I couldn't go out for, you know, Halloween, because I was, um, I was, I'm in a show right now, so I have to be like, conscious of COVID and all of those things, and so I couldn't go out to any house parties that I, Pretty much couldn't go out anywhere, um, and I was really sad about it. Mm. Um, and I was like, I am. Um, I was like really. I was really sad and, and depressed. But I have to leave it. But um, yeah. But no, we but, don't want to make you. But yeah, the, yeah. The, the 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 thing that brings me hope in this world is is the pursuit of joy. Mm. Trouble don't last always. There's always good things to come. And um, if you just like believe, if you have a clear vision of what you want, of what makes you happy, you have to do everything in your power to reach for it mm-hmm. you have to or else like what is the point do you know what i mean yes like right. what oh my is God, like yes. what are you like right. what is the point if you are not actively seeking what brings you happiness and what brings you joy in this mm. world and because this world is rough dude it's rough it's bad there are some things that could easily bring you down every single day and if you let them they will Mm-hmm. Um, so you really got to try to fight for it and you really got to try to fight for what makes you what makes you happy mm. that's what brings me hope is the concept of reaching for what makes you happy and what that joy like whatever whatever it may be as long as you ain't hurting nobody reach for your joy for real there's usually a second part to this question it's what do you do that brings hope in the world but i think you kind of answered this, it. Okay. this whole, story. whole story has been <laughs> I mean, you, you fight dude, bringing you that fight. hope in. like so it's amazing it brings me joy it brings me joy to like fight it brings me joy to like to reach for it like it brings me joy to i've been told so many times by people that you know things have you know you're not that great of a singer so this thing won't work for you you're not that great of a singer so you won't get into like the great musical theater programs bitch i'm in a top five musical theater program right now because of how hard i fought to be in here like it it, it can happen and it's it's absolutely possible um, I, I just, I fight every day. I get up every day and I do the damn thing because I want it that bad. And mm-hmm. to me, a big question in my life also has been like, how badly do you want it? Mm-hmm. How bad do you want it? And you can't just like, you can't just say you want it. You can't just complain for it. You can't just like beg for it. Like, what are you doing to get it? How badly, what are you willing to do to get to where you want to go? Yeah. And I fought, I fought people older than me and in more power than me my entire life just to get what I want. I fought my parents. I fought theater directors. I fought da 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 to get what I want um, because I, you have to like. If, if I'm not if I'm not fighting to get what I want, what can I fight for? I'm not fighting for happiness. What am I fighting for? Yeah. Sadness. I'm not trying to fight for that. I'm not trying to get that. <laughs> no. Um, but that's the that's like the that's like the thing is like you just you have to do what makes you happy. How badly do you want? it and whatever that it is 
you want to be a if you want to be a lawyer you want to be the next president of the united states fight to be the next president of the united states you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. you know do them political science classes do all of that like if you want to be a doctor how badly do you want to be a doctor you're going to go to your science you got to get up and go to your science classes baby mm -hmm. they might be boring you might not want to sit through that lecture but you got to go you got to make those <laughs> grades like sometimes i do not be wanting to go to uh uh shakespeare <laughs> sometimes i do not be wanting to go to shakespeare and i'd be like you know what i gotta be an actor i gotta be a good student i gotta go to shakespeare like Ugh. you know what i mean you gotta push yeah. yourself yeah do the things that make you happy and if the more you do the things that make you happy, the happier of a person you will be and the happier life you will attract. Mm. I really feel that as well. Like <laughs> negativity breeds negativity. So I think that positivity breeds positivity as Absolutely. well. And the inverse of yeah. that. Thank you so much for coming on Thank and you so much for breathing that positivity into the world. Thank and you. The, like, Thank you. I'm genuine, not embellishing anything. You are such an inspiring individual. Your oh story God. is remarkable. Yeah. You have done nothing but prove everyone wrong your whole life. Thank you, and gorgeous. it really, I mean, it, 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 it inspires me because it's like when I hear your story and I look at mine, I'm just oh, like, please don't. oh, so sky's the limit. Are you, you know kidding? what I'm saying? It's your like, story if, is a, a sensational one as well. Are you kidding? But, but dude, I'm just saying, man, yours is just like, thank you again for thank coming. You, yeah, thank you, gorgeous. Thank you so are much. so I really appreciate it. amazing. And thank you for listening, everybody. Hopefully. You got some hope today. Thanks for listening to The Only Constant. We hope today's episode made you feel a little more hopeful or changed your perspective in some way. If you want to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Only Constant Podcast or check us out at OnlyConstantPodcast.com. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leaving a rating or review for the show helps us immensely. And we'd appreciate the feedback. None of this would be possible without you, the listener. Thanks for all your support, and we'll see you next time. Stay open, stay active, and keep listening.